Hi, Glenn Brockett with Pioneer 90.1 FM, and I have a guest with me who's going to be rolling through Greenbush, Minnesota. Him and his band, yes, him and the boys are going to make some noise at the Greenbush Race Park Sunday night, July the 3rd. It's a 4th of July weekend event. You might want to check out. It's uh, going to be a great one. It's a double bill with autograph and the headliners, Quiet Riot. And with us... We have a member of, of the group. He plays guitar. He's been in the group quite a long time. He's one of the longest standing members of the group through the years. And he's with us to talk about uh, what the fans can expect at the show, a little bit of his history, some quiet riot history, and what's going to be uh, going on for the future ahead for the band. Alex Grossi, uh, thank you so much How's for... Going, uh, yeah, good. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, man. I'm looking forward to the show. Quiet Riot, back on the road. I mean, you boys are going to make some noise. You got Rudy Sarzo uh, with you. Just one of the great links to, the, to the, the the whole story of Quiet Riot. He is definitely one of them because he talked about, you know, barely uh, getting into Los Angeles and he was already kind of in that inner circle. Yeah, I mean, him and Frankie had a history far before Quiet Riot, you know, back in the early 70s. And um, they just kind of came up together. And, you know, the way things all fell into place after, you know, Randy Rhodes' death and then and the mental health thing blowing up, it's really quite quite a story, you know, a lot of history there. Mm-hmm. And I was reminded of it when I was uh, doing a little research. I, I went back and watched the documentary that was on Showtime. Well, well, now you're here. There's there's no way back. And it really, uh, I mean, I was I paid attention to the band. I was a fan when I was a kid. Christmas 1983. I got the cassette of Metal Health. I was a happy I was a happy camper. So it was really uh, something. I I mean, I followed the band, but I didn't follow them enough to kind of see what was going on with their story. Uh, you know, of course, Kevin's passing, and then the documentary came out, and there's just a, a really an interesting history of, of the group and just uh, the band that just didn't I mean there was times when it shut down but the band just could not quit completely it was just something about the spirit of Quiet Riot that uh, even made it through a, a lot of these bad times and it's it's been quite a roller coaster I'm looking at I'm, it's going to be 20 years next year since the, since uh, I met Kevin Dubrow back in 2003 and you know I mean it's it's kind of like you know they say when you're going through hell keep going so when it's bad just you know there's you got it. You got it. You know the show must go on, as they say. And you know when Kevin passed, you know we we got it back together, and then you know got you know Frankie. The whole thing. It's just it's at the end of the day, it's like this is what we do, and there's no reason to stop it. And I think if you, you put so much time into something, you know, and the fans have been banging with you the whole time as well. It's just kind of it's kind of there's you don't have a choice. You got to do it. You know. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about your history with with, with the band. How did you uh, cross paths with uh, Kevin Dubrow and end up uh, getting in with the group? I mean, you ended up with some pretty cool lineups playing alongside some of the greats here of the band. Yeah, um, well, I met Kevin in '03, and he at the time there was no Quiet Riot. He had just released a solo record of covers, and he wanted he did, wanted to do a summer tour in support of it. So he hired me and a, and a common backing band, and we went out on this tour called The Bad Boys of Metal. It was <laughs> Kevin Dubrow. Janie Lane from Warrant and Steven Adler all on one tour bus. Oh, wow. And I was the guitarist for all three. You know, we got through it, and at the end of the tour, Kevin and Frankie, I guess, got together and decided they would be better off reforming Quiet Riot than ever having to go through something like that again. So I got the call. And you got to play alongside, uh, you know, Kevin and uh, Frankie, but also a guy that has a very important piece uh, in the history of Quiet Riot. I mean, he, he played off and on and was involved even with the mental health stuff. Uh, Chuck Wright. Yeah, yeah, Chuck and I went through a lot together, you know, 17 years, I believe, you know, playing in not just Quiet Riot, but other, you know, bands as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he's, it, all of those guys, they taught me so much because I, I'm 45 now. I met those dudes when I was 25, so I was just a baby, and I didn't, 
had I had no idea what I was, you know, getting myself into and what I was in store for. But it was I couldn't have asked for better mentors and better, you know, guys to kind of show you the ropes because they actually did it, as opposed mm-hmm. to a lot of people that tell you tell you how to do it. But these guys did it. You know, I have to. You know, you can't. You got to take. You got to pay attention when you're around guys like that because you know they they're few and far they're few and far between these days and they're they're dying off. You know, so I'm very fortunate to have gotten that experience. And people got to you know they can't forget or else be uh, just informed of the fact of just how big Quiet Riot got in like 1983 with the success of of, of Metal Health and how long and how lasting that album itself has been since its release in '83. I mean, there was a condition critical after that and the albums that followed, but this was the album because not only did it uh, you know get good play and good respect on MTV. This was something that uh, impressed upon uh, the, the kids of America to bring it up into popularity and even surpass Michael Jackson and the police uh, for a time on the album charts. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was seven or eight years old, old when that was on MTV, and I remember actually being frightened by the guy in the straight jacket with the mask on, crawling, <laughs> you know, crawling across the floor. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely a big part of you know that year. You couldn't you couldn't get away from those songs and. You know, they're to this day you still hear them at you know, you know, sporting events and in commercials. It's like they're they're pretty iconic. And as members come and go and people pass away or retire, it's those songs have kind of stood the test of time. And I think you're going to see that with a lot of bands as people get older. That the you know, even though people aren't going to be around, the music and the content and the art will. So, you know, and it's not it doesn't it doesn't age. You know, it's classic stuff. So it's um, I'm glad to see people still coming out for it, and and it's kind of you know got its place in rock and roll history. And it really, it's also a celebration of, uh, you know, the legacy of this group and the legacy of Kevin Dubrow, of course. Uh, uh, what could, how would you sum up, I mean, you got to work alongside him, you got to know him a little bit before his passing. How would you sum up just what that experience was like uh, if one were to ask, well, what was Kevin Dubrow? How would you describe a Kevin Dubrow and your experiences with him? Well, he was, he was one in a million, and I'll tell you why, because you don't see real rock stars anymore. And Kevin Dubrow wasn't a guy that, when he came off the stage, he put on sweatpants and tied his hair back and watched Law and Order. He didn't stop <laughs> being Kevin Dubrow. I mean, we would go out to eat on a Tuesday afternoon. Go, we would go to a deli to get a sandwich, and he was dressed like he was going on stage. You know, <laughs> I mean, he lived and breathed it. He didn't. He didn't. It wasn't fake. There was nothing put on about him. He was a true rock star, and you know, in, in every sense of the word. And they don't make him like that anymore. You know. Uh. Uh-uh. You know, you can't you can't fake what that guy was, and there's so few of them left. You know, like that. And the guy was one in a million, and he was, you know, he didn't really care what people thought, did what he wanted, and lived the way he wanted to. And that's pretty, you know, in this day and age, with with everything being so politically correct and people worrying about what people think about him, he could, if I mean, command Flair, or he could give a blank. You know. Yeah, but I think so. we we definitely need need more personalities like that just to yeah. kind of crank it up. Don't have a side, just be on the side of having a good time. I mean, don't get into two things. Don't get into heady things, man. Just get into what swings, you know? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I mean, nothing against you, too, but I don't want to hear about politics at a rock concert. I want to have fun. You mm. know, I just worked all week. I don't want to hear about the problems in the world. I want to party, you know, and that's the, what this music. I think one of the reasons that it's transcended for, you know, generations and and whatnot is because people like to have fun. They want to remember the good times. They don't want, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, it's been a, been a crappy couple of years that I think, I've seen at the shows lately, people want to cut loose and just enjoy themselves for once, you know? 
And this music lends it lends itself to that for sure. Yeah, your band's definitely seen uh, just how starved people have have been for music uh, coming out and rocking out and remembering those great great songs here. Uh, trying to get ourselves out of this COVID fog, new normal stuff, and get back to the the basics like rocking and rolling. I mean, it must be great now for just. It must be like people who are just sprung out of their cages. Some of them who haven't been to yeah. a rock show in ages. I've seen it a lot this year. I think, I think people are finally off the leash and they're over the hump and they're just ready to cut loose. And it's, it's showing at the shows. I mean, we're, we're so busy right now. This is the busiest year we've had in a long time. And the shows have been crazy. I mean, people want to have fun. They, they just, they're, they're done being, you know, stuck at home. And it's, it's great. It's good for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Who have you uh, been playing with? Have you guys been doing some of the package stuff, doing the festival circuits? What kind of stuff have you been playing as far as gigs go? Yeah, we, I mean, we do. We've been doing about 50-50 headline shows with just us. And then we're part of a package called the Live to Rock Tour, which is Skid Row, Quiet Riot, Warrant, and Winger. And we're doing the bulk of that in June and July. And they've been going great. I mean, you get all those hits and, you know, everyone gets along. It's a big party. It's, um, it's a great show. You know, it's, it's definitely, you, people are, are showing up. The, the, the shows are doing very, very well. And the audience is, you know, again, yeah, I look out and I see that they're just having fun. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, no tent, no, no one else tense, no one's, you know, thinking too much, it's rock and roll, which is the way it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's great that you guys do have that life again because, you know, after Kevin passed and, you know, there was some uh, downtime with the group, uh, uh, you know, and Frankie did a lot of soul searching, according to this film. Uh, uh, what was it like, uh, you know, at, at that time when you guys, when Frankie decided he wanted to get back into it, go in it with, with full force, all, all guns blazing, you know? What was that like? To how did he approach you with it? Did he? What was was there sort of a meeting you guys had with some of the guys? How, what what happened as far as like getting that word that you guys were going to get back, get out there again, and, and start looking for a new frontman? Yeah, I mean he, you know he, you know he had, he had decided he wanted to do it, and obviously you know Chuck and I were on board. But you know the million dollar question that was a question for a long time was who's going to sing? I mean it's you know filling those shoes with no tall order, with those a tall order, and, and you know. It, as you can watch in the movie, it wasn't easy. No. And, um, you know, great. Thankfully, we finally have a guy, you know, Jizzy, who's one of us. You know, he came up on the, in Hollywood and actually understands, you know, the music and the lifestyle and, and gets it. You know, it wasn't trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing against the other singers we tried out. But, you know, he gets it. And Kevin and, Kevin and Jizzy were friends, too, which is nice. So it kind of adds up off stage as well. Um, but it was, it was tough, man. I mean, it was really hard for Frankie to to look up and not see Kevin in the middle of the stage. Sure. And now, like, when we first started playing without Frankie, I got the same feeling turning around and not seeing Frankie there. It broke my heart a couple times, you know, because I played with Frankie for so long. Um, and, but, you know, you, you come to stop, you know, you come to accept it, you never get over it, but, you know, just, you know, life goes on, show goes on, and, you know, thankfully we've got the lineup we have, and, um, it's it's moving forward full team ahead. And having Rudy Sarzo come back in, I mean, geez, you talk about a guy with history. I mean, with him and Randy back in the day, early days of the riot, and going in with Ozzy, and of course yeah. the untimely passing. I mean, Rudy, you know, and basically, Quiet Riot was one of those things that kind of was a coping mechanism of sorts, even for Rudy, as he was you know getting through some of his grief uh, with the passing yeah. of Randy Rhodes. Well, yeah, and it kind of happened again with Frankie. I mean, you know, in getting Rudy back, it, it it kind of made it feel, you know, whole again because it was that connection to the old days, the classic lineup. And actually, Frankie wanted to bring Rudy back before, you know, he passed away, but COVID made that impossible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
you know, I'm glad everything lined up the way it did. And I personally am really, I'm so grateful to be playing with him because he's one of those guys where you look at his career and you go, I want to know what that guy did because he did something right. And, you know, he's a very good positive influence. And, you know, for me being a lot younger, it's nice. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to play with all these guys that, you know, were part of my childhood and now kind of still mentoring me in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. And yes, you guys are going to be bringing the show, man. It's coming up July 3rd at the Greenbush Race Park. Oh, yeah, at 8 o'clock, it's going to be rocking with Autograph and, of course, Quiet Riot. Uh, we were talking with Alex Grossi. And, uh, yeah, I want to talk a little bit. You mentioned uh, Jizzy Pearl, and we talked a little bit about Rudy Sarzo, but also the guy that was handpicked because it, this had to have been a big deal because Ed Drums to replace Frankie Benali. Frankie actually had a hand in kind of helping things out, but let's talk about your, your drummer and just what he brings to the table, Johnny Kelly. Well, the way it kind of fell into place was, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's serendipitous in a way because Kevin loved Typo Negative. He didn't like most new music, but he loved Typo Negative. <clears throat> and it just so happened that the first show that Frankie was going to miss due to his illness was in Dallas, Texas. I didn't know anybody in Dallas, but Johnny Kelly, who I knew, had just moved there. And I, I shot in the dark. I called him. I said, hey, can you learn 10 Quiet Riot songs by tomorrow night? <laughs> and he did. No sound check, no rehearsal. Went, on, went out in front of 4,000 people and crushed it. And uh, after the show, I talked to Frankie. You know, he was in the hospital, and he said, how was it? I said, it was Johnny. He's a, he's a guy. He's a pro. And Frankie goes, well, if he's into it, I'm going to stop looking now. And, you know, when the time came where we knew Frankie couldn't go on any longer, he, we made the call, and Johnny accepted it. And, it's you know, he's family. It's, it's, really, it's really nice that, you know, both Jizzy and, and Johnny were both, you know, not picked by Kevin and Frankie, but approved of, you know what I mean? I have to ask, though, uh, before we get into another thing, I'm of interest. You guys, uh, for, for a brief period uh, during your, your pursuit of finding that, that, that frontman that just fit, I mean, before Jizzy kind of came into it, you had uh, James Durbin, of course, uh, people remember James from American Idol. What was like that? What was that like as far as the fit goes? I mean, and, and in band chemistry, I mean, it wasn't a very long sort of tenure, but what, what do you remember of having a guy that came from American Idol uh, on, onto the stage to, to work with Quiet Riot? Um, I mean, you know, you, it's not much, I mean, to be honest with you, it was, at that time, we were just kind of like churning and burning so many days, there was not much, uh, not a lot of synergy in the band at that point. Okay. It was just kind of like, you know, show up and play. And I think with James, you know, at the end of the day, he, he wanted to be a solo artist, and that's what he went and did. So, you know, he's where he wants to be, and we're, we're back where he wanted Fans who are interested in checking out what Quiet Riot's all about, where can they go and, and check out whether it be tour dates or information, just little news items? Where could they go to, to check things out? Uh, our website's www. I don't even know how you say www. It's uh, band. Yeah. and we're also on Facebook. Absolutely. It's going to be a good time it's over the there. It's the one with a little blue check mark that makes it uh, official. Not good. But it's going to be a good time, though, out there in Greenbush. Weather's going to be good. The music's going to be even better. Quiet Riot along with Autograph. And our big thank you to our guest, Alex Grossi. Thank you so much for joining us here on Pioneer 90.1. Yeah,